You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. A retired military veteran, Ty Campbell used golf as a form of physical therapy after suffering an injury while deploying with the U.S. Coast Guard. Ty uses his passion for golf to create a fun learning environment while concentrating on the fundamentals to increase confidence. As a Move United Warfighters ambassador and PGA professional, Ty has dedicated himself to showing that no matter what your skill is or your ability, everyone can enjoy a day on the golf course. So, Ty, I'd normally start uh, by asking my fellow veterans, uh, why? Why did you Why did you sign up uh, uh, to enlist? Uh, that's a good one. Um, well, at the time, I was living in Idaho. I didn't really have any clear direction what I, where I wanted to go. I knew at that point in time, um, I'd started looking into the medical field. And uh, so I wanted to pursue EMT and follow up into paramedic. Um, I had taken some basic classes at the time, uh, phlebotomy and stuff like that. So poking people, which I quite enjoyed. Um, so I, you know, I think it was like a commercial or something I'd saw for the Air Force. Uh, so I was going down. Uh, the recruiting office was about two hours away from where I live. Um, towards Salt Lake City. Mm. And so I was went down there and it was in, you know, some basic strip mall area. And I was actually walking up to the Air Force recruiter, but there was a Coast Guard recruiting office right next door. Never hearing about it, being from Idaho and stuff like that. The pictures looked cool. So I walked in there just to ask a few questions, got to see the cool video of everything that they do, told them what I was interested in, you know, they said Coast Guard is there to help people. Perfect place to go if you want to do medical. Um, and I ended up signing up that day. And uh, two weeks later, I was at MAPS and going through boot camp shortly after. <laughs> so it was, it was that easy. The Coast Guard got you, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, at that, it was at that perfect time where they were needing people to come in. And I think it was just a few months later that, you know, they had maxed out the amount of people they could recruit. And it closed down for a good year or so that the, they really weren't letting anybody in. So I just happened to get in right at that cusp. Mm, mm. And, and so were you able to choose your, your military occupation? Uh, yeah, for the most part. So, you know, when you go in and you finish boot camp, they want you to come out and spend some time in the service. Um, I got stationed at uh, Petaluma. Station Petaluma, uh, which is the Coast Guard's training center um, mm -hmm. for like their uh, food services, their yeomen, their storekeepers and stuff like that. Um, and so I was there working base security and uh, I had run into one of the storekeeper instructors that said, hey, right now this course is uh, at your own pace pretty much. So you could be a petty officer in just a few weeks if you dedicate yourself, and then you could be out there as an E4 doing what you want to do, um, especially considering like the law enforcement side in the Coast Guard is, uh, is at that time 
was just kind of like that side job that you would do. So it wasn't your main duties like it is today. Mm. And so I said, okay, I'll become a storekeeper. I'm good with numbers. Um, and so I did that. And I believe it took me about just over four weeks to complete. And uh, I picked a boat because I wanted to see uh, everything that had to had to offer and uh, went out to Boston, was in Boston. Uh, was still able to get my EMT and paramedic at that time because, again, considered a side gig. Hmm. And uh, right after I'd gotten qualified um, with that and as a law enforcement under, or boarding officer, um, the that's when 9-11 hit. And so I volunteered my time uh, to go down there, helped out. I was at South Street Seaport um, doing triage and stuff like that and uh just with me volunteering and everything like that um the next year when they made the announcement for homeland security to come out and the specialized forces and stuff like that I, of course i raised my hand and uh that began my actual career for what i did for the remaining time in the coast guard yeah and so what is it about raising your hand for for every everything <laughs> If it sounds cool, if uh, there's any opportunity for me to get an adrenaline rush out of it and uh, just opportunity to take, I just, at that point in time, I was wanting to take advantage of anything and everything that I could. Um, there was, it was pointless. I've never, never been good at just kind of, uh, as you'd say, sit on your hands uh, and just kind of let, let things roll. Um, I wanted to see how far I could go, how far I could push things, how much I could do. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I never really stop, mm -hmm. so, which has got me to where I am right now as well. So that's, that's true. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. And so, yeah, so it's really just about that challenge and that opportunity and trying new things and, and all of that. That's part of just your ethos, huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think it has to do with my OCD as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I have a little bit of that myself. So I, I my wife can can attest that I, why, why are you doing this? And why are you getting into that? <laughs> no. So, um, so what did you end up doing in the, for those that, for those that are listening, what did you end up doing in the, in the Coast Guard? So I ended up uh, going into their specialized division, their mar maritime safety and mm -hmm. security teams. Um, I, uh, again, not stopping. I ended up becoming one of their team leaders uh, based out of New York. Uh, that was where 9-11 hit. That's where I wanted to be. That was my end goal. And that's what I, you know, strive for. I was able to get that. Um, I was able to lead a team to where we would do anything from basic security boardings through the, around the United States. Uh, we traveled everywhere just cause I was stationed in New York. <laughs> we hardly ever actually worked New York. Um, we, we traveled all around. We uh, did security for like the RNC in Minnesota one year. Uh, we'd go down to Florida, would help out with illegal migration. Uh, went into all around South America doing counter narcotics, mm -hmm. and then of course traveling around the world uh, dealing with anti terrorism. Yeah, and and we were talking before we we started that I'm currently in Louisiana right now on travel, but uh, and you were also uh, helping out with Katrina. Yeah, we also went down, did some support for Katrina, uh, did a little security for Walmart at that time. Um, but yeah, just pretty much making sure that uh, people were safe, um, able to lend a hand where we could, uh, 
traveled around delivering water, stuff like that, helped out with just kind of being extra eyes and ears as to what was going on. And uh, we did that in a bunch of places, just anywhere that there was uh, a threat to uh, United States citizens. Essentially, we were there to support, whether it was my team or just uh, um, one of the 12 teams that we had. That's what we were doing. And, and did you have a favorite you know, duty assignment or station? <laughs> um, I mean, Long Beach, when I was stationed in Long Beach, I loved being there. Um, it was a lot of narcotics and uh, illegal migrants um, doing that stuff. But being in the water, being out, you know, around uh, and just being on the West Coast was pretty sweet. And um, but I mean, yeah, I, I'd say just in general, counter narcotics was kind of what I enjoyed doing. Uh, that's where I got to see the most uh, going through the Panama Canal, going over the equator seeing all of South America. I, that, that was just awesome. Yeah. And, and how did you get injured? Uh, so <laughs> uh, the end result was uh, during a training mission down in, I can't even remember, I think it was Georgia or Carolina, somewhere down there. Mm -hmm. um, we were finishing up some training before we got deployed. Um, I got injured during some fast roping, but um, I sucked it up and, uh, later on as we were doing some clearing drills, some close quarters stuff, uh, knee finally fully gave out and, uh, um, that was it. So, uh, just, uh, many, many times of doing the fast roping out of the helicopters, uh, uh, we'd actually had, a um, one of our deployments, the boat had ran in. There was an issue with uh, the boat we were taking over uh, and a Navy boat wanted to get a little too close that we had had a uh, collision and mm -hmm. uh, that would have caused some issues. And, you know, your, your, your knee and your hip can only take so much cortisone mm -hmm. and uh, bracing that uh, after all those incidents, it completely blew out. Um, I lost um, my ACL, completely tore out my MCL. Um, I now have no meniscus and uh, uh, pretty much all the tendons and everything in my hip uh, are shot. So on my left side. And did you uh, try to stay in for a while after re recovering? I, I fought to stay in. Um, I ended up becoming a law enforcement trainer for uh, new cadets. I uh, helped out with the um, other uh, agencies as well um, with counter-narcotic operations and stuff like that. Um, I got injured in 2009. Um, they ended up finally retiring me in 2013 with, I think, about a week's notice of my retirement. Um, and I think it was so they knew I wasn't, so I couldn't fight as much as I wanted to. Um, they knew how much yeah. I wanted to stay in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even today, if, uh, if they asked, I would definitely raise my hand and go back. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. And, and and did you golf then or before as a, as a growing up or how did you get into golfing? No, I I n never swung a club or anything like that. I mean, uh, when I did a deployment overseas, um, which is one of the times I'd actually gotten injured, <laughs> I got injured way too much. Um, when we had some downtime in Bahrain and uh, they had uh, 
given us some golf clubs, just some crappy golf clubs that were in one of the containers that, you know, we'd swung the club a few times and, you know, try and hit a few things. But uh, other than that, I'd never swung a club. They don't really have golf courses in Idaho where I grew up. That's mostly hunting, fishing, farming area. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my town was 350 people. So we didn't have any cool stuff like that. Um, now golf wise, um, when I got out, um, like I said, it was pretty abrupt. Um, I wasn't ready for it, uh, mentally. Um, so, and then of course going through, I was still going through a lot of surgeries at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I got retired out, I was just finishing up my fifth surgery somewhere around there. And so I wasn't really able to walk really well and stuff like that. And so I would, I had pretty much become a connoisseur, so to speak, of daytime TV and mosquitoes <laughs> um, and whatever else you can get delivered to make it that I do not have to move. Um, got to the point where, you know, nowadays I just pretty much given up. I uh, didn't really want to do anything. I wasn't looking for anything anymore uh you know they gave me my retirement i figured out that's something i can just live with um and honestly i just wasn't looking towards anything in the future um when i got out of the coast guard i was sitting at just under 200 pounds pretty pretty athletic and just pretty much in shape um for for where i was at i was able to swim and stuff like that, do basic workouts. Um, even to this day, I, I'm not able to run, uh, difficulty with stairs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I was finding ways to keep myself active so I could stay in and, and and do what I wanted to do. When I got out, I just stopped. And so I went from being you know pretty well in shape to reaching just over 280 pounds just in a, you know in, in, the, in a pretty short time frame in a year, a uh, year and a half. Um, and the person I was with at the time, um, she put me in a car one day when we were, and I was still living in New York. She drove me down to Virginia, kicked me out of the car at a driving range uh, where they do the salute to uh, Military Golf Association in mm-hmm. Olney, Maryland, I believe, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kicked me out of the car and says that she would come back and uh, she won't pick me up for four hours until this thing was over with and uh, met with uh, the people there and just started swinging the club. I was able to talk to other veterans, which is something that I I hadn't talked to anybody um, after my discharge. I had pushed everybody uh, uh, away pretty, pretty well, um, even uh, my old teammates and stuff like that. I just they were doing what I wanted to do and I didn't want to uh, be around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to connect with them. Um, it, it went along good enough that, uh, I was willing to come back the next week and the next week. And, um, my mentality, the way it is, is if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go in it all the way. And so I dedicated myself to using golf, not only to, um, get myself in better shape. Um, but it helped me to essentially learn how to walk again. Uh, the first couple times I had to use some assistance um, when I was there with the um, uh, to keep myself upright when I was swinging. Um, but by the end of the program and stuff like that, I was able to mostly 
I was able to walk nine holes. Um, I was able to play pretty decent and come to find out I wasn't too bad of a golfer. So I, I continued down that path and decided to make that my, uh, my new career. So golf was a life changer for you. It was, I, I don't think, uh, like I tried, I looked into like doing security and stuff like that. Um, uh, before I'd found golf, um, even, even when I got into golf, I, I, I had finished up my bach bachelor's, I was working on my master's and I did that. Um, uh, I'd become certified in corporate compliance and ethics, uh, something that I'd also believed in. Um, I like rules <laughs> and people following the rules. Yes. <laughs> um, another great thing about golf, um, is ethics and rules. Um, but, uh, I just, nothing really fit like being in the golf industry does it's it's almost like being in the military again in some aspects you have a community it's a small community um everybody's working towards the same goals uh, there's a lot of trust in there um camaraderie and uh yeah it just it it fit really well so after i think that only programs eight weeks if i believe if i'm correct so if after that eight weeks what what other kind of how did you continue it so I I ended up uh, volunteering at a public course up in New York that gave me free golf time on their course. Um, I had uh, went I went through the PGA Hope program, which again is another eight week course. Um, and uh, I'd also signed up with uh, what they call the Encore Encourse Foundation. Um, and they actually helped me to get into the golf industry, actually get a real job in the golf industry. And, uh, I was able to find some great mentors that helped me perfect my swing. Uh, I was able to go down to Sawgrass for a few weeks and, uh, learn from some pros down there. And, uh, I mean, I, I went to Florida during the winters. Um, I, I dedicated myself to going to, um, driving ranges. Um, I was probably playing golf probably a good four or five days out of the week. So, and, and so did you play any, you know, big tournaments or activities? I would do tournaments here and there. Um, at knowing now they weren't really that big, but to me, they're really big at the time. You'd get, you know, little trophies or something like that, or gift cards and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. Um, I was finding myself getting into uh, the top 10 a lot, which was great. Um, couldn't quite reach that first place every time, but the few times I actually got into first place, I was tied with four other people, but that was okay. Um, it's still first place. <laughs> it's, yeah, I guess so. Um, and uh, my competitive edge doesn't agree with you, but okay. Oh, all right, gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, that's that's what I like about golf is if you if, if you're looking for the challenge, you can go out. It's an individualistic sport. You're playing yourself and only yourself, but you're able to do it in a group as well. Um, whether it's just one other person, whether it's uh, 143 other people you're able to go out there and compete um, with yourself and with others, and you're able to do it in an in, in, in enjoyable environment, um, which is, which is good. And it, it's, it's helped me. It's also helped me just to be able to uh, transition to civilian life and talk to people that haven't been in the military. 
which I didn't realize how hard it is and something that even nowadays I, I, I'll, I'll find myself struggling with. Yeah. And, and, and so you're a PGA professional now and you help uh, others. And, and I want to come back to that because that's one of the things you said you liked about the Coast Guard and wanting to sign up is that you wanted to help others. So uh, do you see that kind of, um, uh, how, you know, do you see that same kind of thread and uh, what you're doing now? I haven't looked into it in that in depth, but yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, yeah, I volunteer um, when I when I got into the PGA program uh, to become a professional. Um, one of my main goals was to turn around and get other veterans involved in golf, um, not only with Move United, um, but uh, PGA Hope. Uh, the, their program out here, they have uh, two in our area that I will uh, assist with um all the time um get people get other veterans involved i invite them out here to the course uh, any veteran in the area uh they're able to sign up for lessons with me come out here learn from scratch get a set of golf clubs you know if they don't have their own and come out here learn the sport hang out with me anytime they want and uh, i try to promote it as much as i can to not only veterans but just uh um anybody with the disability that golf is a great way to be able to get out enjoy the sun um and, and be active again um i was able we now have uh, uh harding park where i work right now to see harding park here in san francisco um we're the only one in the area that actually has uh two paragolfers for uh people that are paraplegic um aren't able to do anything from the waist down um, it is a fully mobile, um, uh, like individual cart that stands you up, puts you into a golfing position. You're able to go anywhere you want onto the golf course and be able to play and do just as well as anybody else with the uh, with two legs uh, underneath them. And you have two of them. And we have two of them. Yeah, that's that's fantastic because I still see that as being a big obstacle for a lot of courses, you know. And and I'm shocked that you know folks don't use ADA as a, as the, as a reason why other courses don't have that. So I'm glad that you, you all have two of them. It's, it, it, it is an expensive product um, for us uh, to get two of them. It, it was a bit of a battle. Um, but at the same time, San Francisco is great in that way that they want to help everybody in the community. And they also want to show that they are helping. And with TPC Harding Park, being owned the, the land is owned by the city and we're, it's managed by the pga tour so i'm a tour employee but the land the, the the golf course itself is owned by the city so this along with three other golf courses uh, that we um, will assist with these cards can go to any of those facilities around here um, and as of right now i'm kind of that main person that will fit them when they come out and mm -hmm. assist them so it's it's pretty amazing but it's an expensive it's an expensive uh, uh, product. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, I believe they're running about thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars a piece, or something like that. You know, to get it um, into your area. So we were we were pretty fortunate to be able to get two of them and have uh, the owner of the company come out here and actually assist in training uh, myself and the other uh, pros on how to utilize them. And how. Um is that is the pair golfer the only piece of equipment or do they are there competition is there competition in that space now or are they still kind of 
Right now, I, I think that for what I know, uh, the Paragolfer is kind of the, that main product to use. Um, I, I don't know of much other competition that can that can actually compete with it, with how much it can do. It, it, it offers safety protections. You're not going to roll over or anything like that when you're standing up and everything like that and how well it moves and fine, the fine adjustments it can make to so you're not having somebody bring the ball to you. Uh, it makes you feel a little bit more independent. I haven't found anything that, that is quite the scale of what it can do. Yeah. So, so that obviously supports and assists uh, a seated, seated golfers, as you mentioned. Um, how, how are there other adaptations in the sport? Like how, I know that there are uh, blind or visually impaired uh, golfers. Can you talk about like how those, those are the to be honest with you, I haven't with the visually impaired. I haven't done too much with that side of things. I haven't uh, come across it too much. It is something that I I should put on my list to look into in case I do come upon it. Uh, it's a good thought. Um, <laughs> but uh, just like uh, people with uh, like uh, uh, are only able to swing with one arm and stuff like that. Um, they, there's golf clubs that are modified that have a different. Uh, added length to them or shorter length. Um, sorry about that. Workday here. Um, but uh, uh, the golf club itself is modified. So to help them with the swings and stuff like that. Um, other than that, and then you've got uh, devices that'll help you stand and everything like that. Uh, just like a seat that you can pull out and kind of, it's an elevated seat and everything like that. There's, there's a lot of items out there. Um, that you're able to use and honestly it's that's where i come into play to find something that works for the golfer if anybody reaches out to me i, I will i research it and i try to find the best avenues to go to make the make the sport enjoyable for them and want to continue and when and when you have a new golfer what do you like how uh, walk me through a little bit maybe about what do you go through and what you go over in terms of like sure. what are they what do they focus on if they're new what do you have them focus on if they're new man i usually pay people for this info all <laughs> right um so uh a new golfer comes up um the first thing you want to do is you want to get to know the person golf is very as i've stated before individualistic um there's no cookie cutter way of doing things in golf. If you come across somebody that's saying that one swing is the same as another swing, then to be honest with you, they don't really play enough golf to know. Um, so you want to find out about the person. You want to know what their limitations are, whether or not they have any, because there's a lot of small movements in golf that somebody might not realize that they are limited in that area. Um, you have to turn your shoulders, you got to roll your hands, you got to have good feel with your fingers, and you got to move your hips, you know, and the older you get, as I am finding out, the stiffer you get. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to modify uh, your stance uh, to fit your swing style. Um, after that, you want to figure out, you know, what club is best for them, and you work them through the basics. It's It's very... And it, you move at their pace. You don't want to try and push things ahead too much. Um, I've found like a, I, I use an, an analogy in everything that I do, um, but it's like a kid, you know, the parents want him to do piano. And so they sign him up for piano lessons over and over again. And the teacher just teaches piano over and over again, but there's no joy in it. 
you, you got to find the joy in what you're doing or people aren't going to return. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to make it fun. You don't want to start out with anything too hard. Um, it's, it's the main goal that I have with all my lessons is I want them to, by the end of it, the lesson, be able to hit the ball up in the air, hit it straight and feel good about what's going on and understand what's going on. Cause if they don't understand how they did it, they're not going to be able to repeat it on their own. And I don't, I know I don't want somebody there watching over me every step of the way. I want them to be confident in what they're doing and be able to go out there and do it on their own, on their own time. And that's how you grow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, uh, is there any other kind of general thoughts you have about the sport? Oh, I have tons of thoughts about the sport. No, oh, um, give me, give me, I, give me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've been doing this. I, I've been at TPC Harding Park, so I've been in the golf industry for just over six na- six years now, full time. And it doesn't matter who you are. I've seen every every iteration of a person come through here, and it doesn't matter what your limitations are. But golf is something that can be enjoyed by everyone. You know, man, woman, doesn't matter who you are. Um, you can come out and have fun. You can go and do it on your own. You can, for me, and especially with veterans um, that don't really understand how to communicate or uh, that's not even the word I'm looking for, but relate that don't really understand how to relate to the basic civilian population. Golf is a great mediator. You, you're able to come out here. You're able to about, talk about something in common. And at the same time, you can both interact with each other and you can learn more about them. You can discuss just basic conversation pieces. It doesn't matter what it is, but it helps you just to feel a little bit more comfortable when you're walking around and out in public that you don't feel so much on the outside. And at least that's for me, that's helped out a lot is a lot of the times um, I'm not surrounded by military veterans a lot. I've hired a few here. Um, we've done a great job of bringing on some veterans here that, that work for the course now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, it, it, it's weird doing something for so many years that people have no idea what you actually do, what you go through, um, why it means so much, but to be able to use golf as kind of that platform to be able to let them know, uh, educate them. And they kind of educate you on what's going on, what people think about and talk about outside of the military is, is a great thing. And then golf is just fun. You know, it's, it's something to go. It doesn't matter if you're bad or you're great. It's something to go out there and take your frustrations out on a golf ball or, you know, strive to do a little bit better the next time. You'll never master the sport, um, which is great. But you can. And so you're always striving to be a little bit better. And so you, it always gives you goals to work towards. And that, that at least helps me. So I'm not back sitting on the couch watching daytime TV and eating my Cheetos. I, you know, and, but it's that never mastering it. it, it it's frustrating, right? So it's like, <laughs> I will it's never. fun, but it's frustrating, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, thanks for uh, everything that you do for Moving Night Warfighters. I know you've been involved with us for a number of years as well. And uh, do you see this as, is this something that you want to do for as long as you, as long as you can think you'll, you'll do? 
Uh, yeah, I, I really don't see myself going anywhere else uh, career-wise. I, I, I enjoy this. Um, I'm able to work with all ages of people. Um, I'm able to reach out to veterans. Um, and I I still enjoy getting up in the morning and coming to work. And that that's, that's something that I have found is really hard to find. Um, uh, you know, it, like I said before, if, if they asked me, I would definitely go back into my old job. Uh, if I could, I, I do, I do miss wearing the body armor and everything, um, and doing that job. But, you know, a close second is doing this job right here.